0: Welcome to Mayo Clinic's ECG segment, Making Waves, Continuing Medical Education Podcast. Join us every other week for a lively discussion on the latest and greatest in the field of electrocardiography. We'll discuss some of the exciting and innovative work happening at Mayo Clinic and beyond with the most brilliant minds in the space and provide valuable insights that can be directly applied to your practice. Welcome to Mayo Clinic's ECG segment, Making Waves. In this episode, we'll explore the future of ECG AI in cardiology. We're excited to have Dr. Sean Kershid as our expert guest today. We will explore the current state barriers and potential for greater implementation of ECG based AI models in cardiology and discuss whether fostering its adoption is a viable path for the future. Dr. Kershid, a clinical and research fellow in cardiac electrophysiology at Massachusetts General Hospital holds a degrees in neuroscience from Johns Hopkins University, medicine from the University of Pennsylvania, and a master's of public health from Harvard. Having completed residencies in internal medicine and cardiology fellowships at MGH, he is nearing the end of his clinical cardiac electrophysiology fellowship, in fact, just a couple days, and then will be joining the group as faculty. Dr. Kirshid's passion lies in improving outcomes for cardiac rhythm disorders, focusing on innovative AI-based approaches to assess disease risk and prioritize preventive interventions. His expertise spans statistical modeling, decision analysis, and clinical machine learning techniques, enriching the field with a diverse skill set. And so he's the perfect person to have for this discussion today. Dr. Kershid, thank you for joining us. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. What I want to do is you know, get people up to speed of like, what does the current state of this whole field of AI and ECG in cardiology look like? So maybe we could start there as a baseline.
1: Sure. You know, I think to sum it up in a single word, I would say it's promising. There has been a relative explosion of the last couple of years uh, of models that utilize artificial intelligence or AI to uncover latent information within the ECG, which, as you know, is a very uh, inexpensive, scalable. Almost ubiquitous diagnostic tests, and these AI models, in particular deep learning or neural network type approaches, have shown a remarkable ability to extract information from the ECG to do things that we didn't necessarily know could be done using traditional techniques. For example, models have been developed that can span a diverse number of potentially useful tasks, such as predicting who has who's having a heart attack, uh, estimating somebody's uh, structural cardiac structure using the ECG alone without any imaging, even predicting the incidence of future diseases, such as atrial fibrillation, or even who's at risk of short-term mortality. You know, I say promising uh, because there's still a relative disconnect between what's coming out there versus what we're actually able to implement in practice and what we know works.
0: So we summed it up, current state is promising. You know, and we do see that. We're kind of moving beyond this Diagnostic ability, which we've known and continue to use, to now this predictive analytics and even risk prediction, and even giving us a clue of more of the structural heart, which, you know, some would argue some of the existing uh, models to even detect LVH are not great, and so now we're getting to more of a structural and the predictive aspect is really fascinating. I know that's a passion of yours. Now, where do you see as some of the the main obstacles in implementing or you know hindering this adoption? of AI into cardiology? Cause you said it's promising, but what are those barriers?
1: You know, I think it's a critical question. And the way I think about the barriers are kind of in two buckets. The first bucket is on the clinical implementation side. So as clinicians, are we actually utilizing the tools? And I think some of the main, there are many barriers there, but I think some of the key barriers are one, I do think that as a general medical community, there, there's there's some catching up to do in terms of understanding what the tools are and educating our colleagues about, you know, what AI is um, and how it's not a magic wand. It's, you know, it's, it's basically mathematical formulas and kind of a structured approach to data analysis. And I think that understanding can go a long way in terms of gaining buy-in from clinicians. I think other obstacles are simply practicality. You know, I think it's a lot clinicians are busy. It's a lot to get them to try a new tool. Um, And if they need to work in order to get it to to, to do what they need to do, their, you know, uptake is going to be limited. And then there are other, there are also concerns uh, about what the models are, and whether they can be interpreted as clinicians, we're used to being able to take inputs x, y, and z, and we learn in medical school, this combination, uh, you know, is likely to, to lead to outcome Z or or A. And it's not always as straightforward using AI models. So that's also a little bit of a leap. Those are some of the clinical barriers. In terms of research, that's the other bucket, I think, of barriers. You know, I think, especially as a researcher in this space, you know, I, I think about that a lot. And I think one of the main barriers is the ability to share models and insights with other investigators. And that's tricky because we're dealing frequently with identifiable health information, which was privileged appropriately. And we need to find better solutions for how to share insights with one another because otherwise different groups are siloed and trying to reinvent the wheel over and over again.
0: And that makes sense. So the two buckets, both the clinical implementation and really teaching our professionals and colleagues that there's more than a black box or magic behind it, but there's actually you know, some processes and these mathematical models that help come up with a prediction. And then also The research end, which you know, there's also a lot of limitations. The, you know, how we're actually externally generalizing that, and that comes with some of the data sharing that you brought up. I mean, where do you see as strategies that we can employ and to promote and facilitate broader implementation of these in the future? And you know, I guess the other thing is, you know, how what factors should we consider when determining the feasibility and desirability of of these models?
1: You know, I think about that uh, as three. Kind of pillars, and I think the first is credibility. Uh, you know, I think again for for a clinician to implement something, they have to be able to trust it. And there are a few ways around uh, to get to more credible models. Depending on the model architecture, you may not be able to explain how you get from A to Z. But there are still ways to kind of interrogate that indirectly using techniques like sanity mapping, where we can highlight areas of the ECG that are most influential on certain predictions, or plotting examples of what an ECG looks like for a patient with predicted condition X versus what the ECG looks like for a patient with predicted condition Y. And a human can look at that and, and you know kind of see what the model may be looking at and if that makes sense biologically or clinically. Um, Other ways to get more credible models are to put them out into, you know, in the wild in different situations and see through rigorous study, whether the models are behaving the way, you know, we think they are. That's critical as well. Uh, Another pillar that I think about is practicality. So again, you know, clinicians are busy. So It needs to be practical if if we're going to use it. And so ways to make models more practical are to integrate them with the EHR that we interface with every day. Uh, So where a prediction or, you know, a classification can be placed on the screen uh, when you're seeing a patient so so the clinician can work with it online. And to take it even one step further is to link that prediction or classification with some downstream action. Uh, so the clinician not only can see the output, but also kind of knows what the suggested action to take on that output is. Uh, so they're real, you know. So we're really kind of putting it, uh, you know, taking as much burden off the clinician as possible in that situation. And then the last is proving clinical utility. You know, I think like any intervention in medicine, uh, we need to know it actually saves lives or improves outcomes that we think are important. And so that really is going to be prospective study and clinical trials, utilizing AI tools, which we're on the cusp of doing in certain groups. You know, Mayo has taken the lead on many of these initiatives. And I think as we see more of that data coming back, and so far it has been promising, I think we'll see, like we do for other interventions in medicine, increase adoption because basically the proof is in the pudding. So those are the pillars,
0: you know, and it's really fascinating because we think of all this and we get excited with the research on the discovery end, but there's a a huge road from discovery to bedside and then proving outcomes. You only listed some of them, but I'm sure if we spent longer, you could you know, think of more of like, what does the UI look like, the user interface for putting out these interpretive statements or predictive statements, and how does that affect adoption? And so there's so much, but it, it's really fascinating how far we've come, but how far we still have to go to get these right, especially because we we know these affect our patients. In this episode, we discuss the current state of ECG-based AI in cardiology, highlighting its achievements and potential. We explore barriers to its adoption. We also consider strategies to foster greater implementation, which includes the need for collaboration, addressing feasibility, usability, and desirability. And we heard of the pillars that Dr. Kirshad shared with us today. ECG-based AI holds promise, and that was how he summed it up. The current state is promising and it has the promise of improving patient outcomes, but overcoming challenges in engaging various stakeholders is crucial to realize its transformative impact on cardiology. On behalf of our team, we extend our gratitude to Dr. Kershid for joining us today. We hope you'll join us again in the future. Thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions about the podcast at cveducation.mayo.edu. Be sure to subscribe to a Mayo Clinic cardiovascular cme podcast on your favorite platform and tune in every other week to explore today's most pressing electrocardiography topics with your colleagues at mayo clinic this has been a
1: mayo clinic podcast